the important thing here is that uh, all of the Animorphs immediately are like, well, time to pack up and fucking leave. Um, because the Yerks are coming and we, you do not have enough people to defend this valley. Um, like, the Yerks will get here and they will capture and or kill all of you. Um, you know, even Cassie is like, even with our help, you can't fight an army. They have sophisticated weapons, which is like, they, they know what dragon beams are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> most of them have had to use them. Yep. Um, but she says, not more than 60 of you who are fit enough and old enough to fight. Um, and Rachel is clearly extremely angry at this turn of events that the Horkbajir are having to leave their home. Tobias is also angry about it, but he's like, I don't see another choice. Meanwhile, Toby is just kind of like letting them all get their uh, protestations out. Um, and she turns to Axe and she's like, the, the valley's too narrow for them to use bug fighters, isn't it? And Axe is like, well, yeah, but that doesn't improve your odds by much. Um, and Toby just kind of like cuts the bullshit and is like, Jake, will you help us defend our home? Uh, and Jake is a little annoyed. Um, because he thinks that Toby doesn't understand that if they try to fight the Yerks, they would be slaughtered. Which is so infantilizing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, of course like, they fucking understand. Like, she can explain a perfectly good military strategy. Yeah. Yet yeah, doesn't understand. Bad. <sighs> it bad. Bad, bad. bad. Like, I... And it's like Jake's forgotten that, like, Toby and the Freehold Bajir do fucking raids all the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. He is not the only military leader here. Yes. Um, and Jake's like, we want to help, but not if it means setting you up to lose. And Toby kind of, like, looks around and, and says, look, this valley is our home. We won't give it up. We're going to stay and fight. Marco's like, so you all just want to die? Like, you just... Which is a better way of putting it. Um, because he's not putting the lack of understanding on the Hork-Bashir. Um, He turns to his parents and is like, you're with them? You're like, you're, you're, you're on board with this? And I love how Marco's parents are just like, yeah, nah, like, we're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Either of you just like, yeah, no, kids, I think you're underestimating these guys. <laughs> um, and so Jake does this thing where he climbs up into a tree and just shouts at everybody, the Yerks will be here by tomorrow morning. They will kill or infest all of you if you don't leave right now. Everyone prepare to move out. We'll help you find a new camp. And no one moves. And Toby's like, no Yerk is going to drive us from this home. I'm willing to stay and fight, and so are my people. And <laughs> Jake's like, you know the Yerks have advanced weapons. You've seen the Draken Beams. Save yourselves. Escape now. Live to fight another day. Which comes down to the one argument that I do understand the Animorphs having against this. 
that live to fight another day. Which is the only thing that the Animorphs have had going for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is, is, you know, strike where you can, escape, always favor escape, um, because it means that you can strike again later. Um, and like, that is how it kind of has to be with a lot of guerrilla warfare. Um, but he's not, it feels really callous to say that to the hork who mm -hmm. know the stakes they're up against and have lost everything. They've already been taken away from their home to another fucking planet to fight a war against people that they have no quarrel with and don't want to fight. And they escape that, and they make a new home. And these kids are just telling them to, like, well, fuck it. <laughs> Time to leave again. Like, <sighs> the kids are acting as if the hork are too stupid to know what's good for them. Mm. And it is extremely insulting. Um... Like, of fucking course they're going to fight to defend it. And... <sighs> it's Jake... about agency, isn't it? Yes. At the end of the day. When you, well, yes. If we take a step back, the whole point of these hawk is they are the free hawk mm -hmm. They make their own choices now. And... Jake is trying to say, well, no, we know better. Mm -hmm. If you and the thing is, he's making orders like they're his soldiers and they're not. Right. Right. Like this he's making not... he's making the decision that would be best for the Animorphs. Yeah, and you can totally understand his position mm -hmm. and his frustrations, but he cannot. He is struggling in his fear for the Hawk Bajir to appreciate their position. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I want to applaud the writing of Toby. I grant it that the little touch of some bad tropes, but also she doesn't yell at him. She doesn't mm -hmm. say, don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. She's just like, we're going to defend it. You, will you help us? Mm -hmm. Like, she is so much more chill with him than I would have been. <laughs> um, because also, she does respect him as a general. She know, she doesn't treat him like a child. She talks to him like a peer. Mm -hmm. Which I think works better than if she was somebody different. But mm -hmm. because they've known... Toby since she was basically since she was born they do I can I mean, one see why they would have that not that feeling because there are children here and that way that anyone younger than you just like oh well we've got to protect the children just like you are children <laughs> <laughs> but 
Ay, ay, ay. Axe notably doesn't give his opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but every single Freehawk Bajir sides with Toby. After Jake does that really irritating thing that you see in war movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Okay, everyone with me, stand here. Everyone, those who want to die at the hand of the Yerks, stand over there. And I suppose this, again, is underscoring how little hope mm-hmm. Jake has. Like, it's a luxury he won't afford himself anymore. Because mm-hmm. he cannot see a situation where the Freehawk Bajir aren't wiped out. Mm-hmm. Which is a loss he doesn't want. Yeah. Like, he cares about the Freehawk Bajir. But a little bit like his own, I don't want to say, his own trauma, his own ways of protecting himself are like closing him off mm-hmm. to different ways of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Because he's in survival mode. He's in how do I keep the most people alive the longest? Because mm-hmm. that's his priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that he has this thought about Axe, how, you know, Axe isn't giving his opinion. And that's, you know, a serious question for the Andalites. Uh, Metal where you might not belong, possibly save lives in the process, or just walk away, let a people decide its own fate. Uh, and, hey, Jake, isn't that exactly what you're doing? Hey, hey, Jake. <laughs> hey, Jake. <laughs> It's like, oh, so close, so close to getting it right. <laughs> um, it's not exactly the same, obviously, but like the 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 thought of like let a people decide its own fate. Okay. Um, but yeah, every every single Hork-Bajir, every goddamn one of them, um, goes to stand with Toby, which I fucking love them for it. Uh, because they're so brave and they have built such a strong community, um, and they respect Toby so much that... I'm like, mm, go on, please. Yeah, I, I didn't really have an end to that sentence. Go ahead. It's just like... God, what was my point? Uh, <laughs> no, they do understand the stakes. Mm-hmm. And they are making a choice. I think that's what is the important thing. It's not just them falling in line behind a leader to tell mm-hmm. them what to do. Which arguably is kind of what Jake was hoping. Yeah. It's, and, and here we see the, the, the full fruit of the parallel that they're trying to draw with Isaiah Fitzhenry, which is you have this group of freed slaves who are wanting to fight to defend their own freedom. And this white person who is telling them, just run away, save yourselves. Uh, live to fight another day, 
You don't have to be involved in this battle. You can just leave. Uh, and pretending that, that, that they know what's best for these freed slaves. Um, and it, it, hey, Jake, hey, 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 Jake, you, you remember the, uh, the thing for the, uh, the, uh, the whole Jay live free or die? <laughs> <laughs> like, running away, you could argue it's the same thing as living free, but dying to protect the freedom that they have fought for mm -hmm. is incredibly on brand yeah. for them. Like, um, I should say, making the choice to risk their lives. Mm hmm and think an about distinction think about how much hope and strength that could give to the horkbajir who are still controllers mhm mm you know like uh, uh, there is one detail i particularly like about the fight um which is the formerly the freed horkbajir that got captured and leads the Yerk forces up to the valley is grabbed very early on in the fight and restrained, mm -hmm. ready for them to wait out so the Yerk can die and they will have their lost community member back. Mm -hmm. And they were prepared for that. And like that is one of their priorities. Mm -hmm. And like their community is so important to them. Mm -hmm. It's just this really great detail that I'm glad that I was really glad to see. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose again, it, it's in contrast to Jake's convincing himself that he doesn't have a brother anymore, versus the Freehawk Bajir having actively been betrayed, but immediately being like, "Well, no, that's our family mm -hmm. member." Mm -hmm. We'll take them and we'll get the yerk out of his head and then they'll be home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, <sighs> yeah. We love the Yolk Bajir. We love the Hawk Bajir. We do. We, I, I can't love say them words so much. Um, and we cut back to Isaiah who is visiting the hospital tent. Specifically, he's going to visit the Confederate soldier who cut the telegraph lines to hopefully get some information out of him. Yeah. Um, it, he does, um, what he does do an excellent the... play to, to Isaiah's yes. credit. Like he, uh, this absolutely works. This is some Jake tier. Mm -hmm. fuckery that i approve of mm -hmm. um he basically gets this uh after a brief chat with uh a volunteer as it were from the town who's like helping with the hospital tent mm -hmm. um uh, but uh yeah as i goes through uh takes on the chin uh this a confederate soldier shit-talking him for being a kid um 
And uh, Isaiah just leans into it's like, and yet my men got you. Not bad for kids. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, Isaiah goads him into revealing um, not only where General Forrest is, but the number of troops he has. Yeah. Um, and with that location, he's able to figure out, okay, well, that's probably where they're going to be coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the the Confederate Army has 500 troops. Compared to... These guys have, what, 25? 20, fewer I, than 25. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, and And then we get this moment where the soldier realizes that he's spilled some information um and he gets really mad and tries to like attack Isaiah but is brought up short by the pain in his arm because he's like got a bullet wound in it or some some fucking thing like that uh and we get and i forgot my anger long enough to empathize this low ranking rebel was fighting for a cause he thought was right for his home his people he was badly mistaken, but that didn't change his valiant spirit. Were our roles reversed, I hoped I would rally in kind. And like, the fact that he empathizes faster with a somebody on the opposing uh-huh. side of a war rather than the black men who want to help them fight is kind of shitty. Yeah, I kind of real shitty. I hate it, actually. Um, it, like, from the beginning, I just want to punt Isaiah through a wall. He doesn't really get better. I mean, like, he changes his mind, I guess, but he doesn't really get better. And I'm just like, uh... Like, yeah, maybe they're just trying to write somebody very much a product of their time and the war that they're in. But I mean, I also don't like that excuse anywhere because mm-hmm. there were always people. Yeah. There were always abolitionists. There were always yeah. people fighting. We and we see that just, on the next fucking page. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh which with his his old childhood friend, Mac Carson. Um uh, who fucking is dying of fever also um, and, and, frostbite. and frostbite and urges Jacob to, or urges Isaiah to accept Jacob's help and Isaiah's like what how, how do you know that guy like what do you know of him and <laughs> Mac is just like yeah I mean I, I've talked to him a bunch he comes to town and we hang out we share bread it's fine. And Isaiah's just like musing, his family was progressive on all counts, abolitionism among them. And I'm just like, I am forcibly reminded of Megamorphs 3 and I hate it. <laughs> that that thing about it doesn't matter what time you're in, it's the kind of person you are and whether you hold up the status quo or not. And like how a lot of white liberals will pretend like they would be on the right side of history, but if you sent them back in like a time machine or some fucking thing, like chances are they would just not do fuck all. 
Mm-hmm. And it... It makes me really mad. <laughs> and I want to uh-huh. know what the thought process was of uh-huh. of showing this person who is very cle- clearly a better person than Isaiah is. And juxtaposing him to our Jake analog. Mm-hmm. And like painting abolitionism as this truly radical point of view. Mm-hmm. Not just in a historical sense, but like not just saying like, oh, the people who were abolitionists were very brave people who went against most of the rest of society, but like having a point of view character be like, yeah, those abolitionists, am I right? Like, <laughs> I am deeply uncomfortable with mm-hmm. with the, whatever is being said here. I'm not sure what it is, because there's yeah, got to be a point here, but I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. And I don't know whether it is trying to underscore that people who want to do the right thing can be incredibly flawed. And also being wrong about things doesn't stop you from doing the right thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think an argument could be made for that because... We see Jake being like, fuck no, we got to run, and then helping in the fight. Yeah. And whether it, as a, it's badly, it's not good. It, the writing here is messy in a way that muddies the water. But that's the, and also Mac is, our, is Isaiah's Marco, and that makes mm-hmm. me happy, I will say. <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah, it's. <sighs> Again, it's the it's it's almost like the one black character syndrome where it's like mm-hmm. you want to be able to show a breadth of of mm-hmm. possible leadership. Um yeah. but when the only oh. civil war analog you get is one like this, mm-hmm. it falls a I little mean, flat. We do have uh Sally who is here helping the Union soldiers, looking after injured people. Mm-hmm. Clearly, very uncomfortable with uh, her husband's views, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which we see later. Um, so we do get that breadth of people, and like Reigns, who is incredibly pragmatic in his way, just like, okay, we're we doing this. All right, then. Yeah, time to train the new guys. Let's mm-hmm. go. Um, I suppose we are meant to be seeing. Like I say, I say, Mac is the Marco. Mac is also the Cassie. For Isaiah, mm-hmm. in that it's a moral thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, it's messy, and it weakens what could have been a very strong parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Marco says to Isaiah as he leaves, "Like, let them fight." Uh, because it's their only hope. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to the kids. 
Cassie Ord uh, that the Hawk Bajir are going to fight with or without them, which I don't know how I feel about that either. Yeah. Um, risking everything for their freedom. Uh, and Rachel being like, well, we have to respect that and we owe it to them for help. And Jake just being like, what the fuck is happening? Why is everybody now okay with this? <laughs> it does feel wonderfully realistic to just yeah. like... Um, and Tobias is like, this is just plain amazing. These Hawk Bajir know who they are and what they want, which is, mm, yes. Marco is with Jake, like, I don't know, man. We can't win this argument. Mm-hmm. We're here. Uh, Cassie looks pleased that uh, Jake's agreed, like, they're going to help. Toby is smiling. And then. Uh, we have a weird bit of words, uh, sentences in the right or wrong order again, mm-hmm. but um, I will skip over that. Marco's going to get in touch with Eric so the Chi can cover for them, um, and Tobias is going to scout for an escape route, uh, if they need an escape route. Um. And uh, Jake gets down to his immense credit, he gets right down to business and he's like, all right, that's what we're doing. I guess this is what we're doing. Let's go. And Toby comes over and is like, thank you um, for helping us. And he's like, I just hope your people understand what they're getting into. And uh, Toby, of course, is like, they understand much more than you give them credit for, Jake. They've been called upon to defend themselves before. They've been through a lot. And Jake is kind of like sheepish, just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> and, and he kind of like goes through the camp and kind of looks at all the battle preparations. There are hork building platforms in the trees from which to throw weapons. There are We get a Hork-Bajir. good little description of them building one, which is just uh-huh. great. It is. It's like, it oh, is. look look how capable the hork are. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> The aliens uh, are real good at climbing trees, are real good at prepping for a battle that's going to involve <laughs> a lot of trees in the area. Yep. Uh, stocking those platforms with a bunch of spears and arrows. Um, uh, other hork are like digging di- ditches, uh, trenches that they put spikes into and cover tr- camouflage. And we get the detail, like, how everyone is getting involved. Like, mm-hmm. even the the youngest of the whole are the ones, like, they're lowered down is it to help, like, put the spikes in and then pull back out. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, like, every battle prep scene you've seen in a mm-hmm. fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, production lines of people making spears and arrows and very yeah. in keeping. Um, yep. Uh, and Jake calls everyone together to figure out the battle plan and strategy. Um, and, you know, he points out that there are, on either side of them are very steep banks and cliffs that are impossible to climb without a lot of effort. Um, and the Yerks are most likely going to come up from the south, um, which will slow their approach, but will make it harder for, um, the Free Hork Bajir to retreat. Uh, the, their only escape will be up the valley to the north, um, but it's a slow and difficult climb. Um, 
Jake tries once more to convince Toby to back off, like you'd be much better off to climb the valley walls now and fight from up there. And Toby sticks to her guns. We will defend our home. Um, Tobias points out there's a group of campers nearby that will have to be convinced to leave. Uh, and then Cassie says, even if you survive, you'll have to go into hiding. Where will you go? Which is not an unreasonable question. Um, because one way or the other, the, the Hork-Bajir can't stay here permanently anymore because the, the location has been found out. If they stay here, the Yurks are just going to continue to throw more and more soldiers at the problem until the free Hork-Bajir are all dead. Um, because they cannot suffer them to live. Uh, and, uh, Toby's basically just like, if we have to withdraw, then we'll go to the hills. Um, and everybody spends a lot of time, like, quibbling about this, weirdly. I, mm. uh, it is once more a point of, like, I don't, I'm not sure what point they're necessarily trying to get across. Because uh, Cassie is like, you know, the trees in the hills aren't the same as the ones in the valley. They're not going to provide as good shelter. You'll have to adapt all over again. Tobias is like, you're getting pretty close to the suburbs. Suburbs, you're going to run into some humans. Rachel says, maybe it's time the hork did run into some humans. Um, where we got to, people have to find out about the hork at some point. Um, and Marco's like, well, your average suburbanite isn't going to tolerate a seven foot tall bladed alien for a neighbor. Um, <laughs> which is depressingly true. And it, it, yeah. Toby, especially, gets really... mm -hmm. I was gonna say, there is awareness. Like again, I like that it's Marco pointing that mm -hmm. out, as we know is the Latino person, yeah, who has probably got more than his fair share of grief. Mm -hmm. Um, but hey, then uh, it gets really gross again in the conversation. So, yeah. Uh, Toby's pretty disheartened by this, um, and Marco's like, look, I'm sorry, we don't think of you as freaks, but the average guy on the street, humans can't even deal with other humans who root for a rival football team. Which uh, calls back to, I think, one of the first analogies we got with the, Hork with the free Hork-Bajir. I think Tobias was musing on it, like, if people can't even tolerate a gay kid, why are they going to tolerate a literal alien? Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, so, not unreasonable to say, although we don't think of you as freaks, is not really a true statement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do love this from Toby because she says, yes, Toby said slowly, I've learned that humans don't care for groups unlike their own. And I'm just here like, Damn. the only human... <laughs> The only humans that Toby has interacted with are the Animorphs. <laughs> like, that is a sick burn. Mm -hmm. uh, and doesn't... I mean, uh, it's also Reflect possible, well. Like, no, no. Uh, but, like, I know we know that now Peter and Eva are there. It's entirely possible they've talked about stuff. This is true. But, nevertheless, it is kind of <laughs> brutal. <laughs> 
uh, you're gonna straight up murder your allies like that, Toby? Damn. Um, <laughs> she deserves it. Um, and Jake's like protesting. That's not always true. Like, all right. And Axe chimes in. He's like, my study of human history suggests that Marco and Toby are both correct. And it's like, yeah, Jake, milk toast white boy, please listen to the Latino <laughs> and the literal alien on this matter. Uh, um, and Axe is like, historically, humans are among the least tolerant species in the galaxy, set apart by the prevalence of violence and oppression. Um, who, who else is on that list, Axe? I wonder I wonder who else is on that list. <laughs> now granted I nope, I was gonna say that Andalites are more tolerant of their own, but they're fucking not. <laughs> nope. They're nope, certainly nope, nope. not. Uh they just do it on different axes than humans do. Um mm. well, not different. More well some of the axes, not all of the axes that humans do. There we go. Mm -hmm. um that we see uh and cassie's like well what would you suggest send the hork to a distant planet all because humans are tolerance challenged which is uh not something i really want to hear from the black character mm -hmm. uh yes humans are tolerance challenged okay that's one way to put it sure Okay. Um and then Marco's like it stinks, but look at what humans have done to animals, which don't really like the comparison of Hork Bajir to animals at all. Mm -hmm. Um if there's a chance to dominate, we grab it. I'd rather be a tiger or elephant on Neptune than a striped rug or an ivory box on Earth. And um uh native american allegories mm -hmm. uh yeah i i literally yesterday watched um an old last week on tonight the john oliver one about museums mm -hmm. as well and it's just sort of like mm. but also 13-year-olds aren't super up on colonization. And sure. Because the American school system ain't great, just like the English school system ain't great, to be clear. Yeah. Part of me wonders I, if he's using the animal analogy because he's talking to Cassie. Maybe, yeah. I, Don't make it good. To be oh, clear. Oh, no, it's just, it's just fucking weird. Like, why is this conversation going here? And why do we get the fucking PSA-esque look to a hawk parent and baby? Just like, no, yeah. Hawk-Bajir aren't so different to us after all. Just like... Like, was that a question? Oh. I don't... Why Why is that a statement that needs to be said? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. I thought it's we were past time. all this shit. Mm-hmm. Ugh, says every white person in history. Fuck. Uh... But, you know, because Toby is, like, pointing out, but we're really not that different after the Marco's explaining, he's like, you'd be better off further away. And I feel like maybe Toby is, again, 
Watsonian versus Zoilist, like trying to point out, like she's bringing the conversation back round to, mm-hmm. well, we're going to be here. We want to be here. Mm-hmm. Are we really that different? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like she's looking for a ho- for hope here. Yeah. That maybe the humans could accept them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's it's just a weird it's fucking bad. conversation. It's also, it's a bad conversation. And now we're going to go to a worse one. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> worse written, but now we're going to have some nice Civil War era specific bullshit. Um, and we're back in Isaiah's point of view. They're going to a okay, Christmas I, I, party I, that they've been invited these, to. The, these rich white Tennessee folks who granted like Joe Miller as we're going to meet him lets his wife go help out at the union camp. They have so much food. Yeah. This, and I appreciate it's a party and it's Christmas. So it's like you expect the generosity, the showing off your neighbors, X, Y, Z. but. Like, this town isn't struggling. And I don't know whether it's meant to be like this undercutting of just like, yeah, they're kind of basically pro-unionist, but it's not like they're actively helping us out. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to tolerate the union's presence in the town. Yeah. But they can't be seen to directly be helping. Yes. I guess. Uh, eh. we get the detail that like the townsfolk have been helping a little bit with like building defenses, but they refuse to work within sight of Jacob and the other black men, um, because racism, um, we get, we get the detail, uh, and, and, uh, they don't use the term black men. Mm. Um, they use the antiquated term for black men. Uh, not, not the slur, but the other one, uh, that I just don't want to say. Um, and, uh, it, it just feels icky the way that they're described here. Because it's like, on the one hand, it says, you know, these black men were shaping the earthworks like seasoned engineers. Most of the men dug all afternoon and would dig all day tomorrow. Meanwhile, Isaiah and a couple of his other officers are going to this rich, whitey Christmas party with a bunch of food. Now, granted, they leave before really they can eat anything and good on them for it. But like, the juxtaposition is... Sure, powerful, I guess. Um, like, I think, I think this chapter is written relatively well. Um, yes. And clear. It's, it's not easy to read. Yeah, it's but, uncomfortable, but I don't think it's bad. But it's, it's bad. meant to be. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. clearly, it's doing what it's trying to do. I think it's doing it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... But yeah, so Isaiah and his guys go in, they're, you know, starting to relax and have a decent time. And then Joe Miller Play a goes music. over. Yeah. We do get a little Civil War song. Yeah. I assume. I probably. Yeah. Um 
And then Joe Miller comes over to talk to Isaiah. Um, and, uh, basically, you know, Joe leads Isaiah over to the food and he's like, eat up. You're going to need all the strength you can get in order to save the town. And Isaiah almost, it almost seems like an aside to himself, but he's going into a lot of detail. And I don't know what he thinks he's going to gain by bringing this up to Joe. I think, uh, I, I kind of feel like, uh, he's almost looking to fight with Joe about it because it will make him make a better choice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, like when you argue with someone, uh, about a point, how it just tends to make both people move toward further extremes. Um, yeah. And so, like, if he's arguing with Joe, who is the racist asshole, then it almost forces him to step further into progressivism. Um, yeah. But basically, he's like, I wish I could save it, but, uh, you know, our ranks are thin and we may need to arm the men that came to camp today. Uh, they're willing to fight. And then Miller goes on this fucking racist ass rant about how you can't arm runaway slaves because they'll just fight all of the good townsfolk and kill their livestock and so it's, it's just gross bullshit. It strikes um, me the way he talks about it and it's something I you see a lot um, with the certain kinds of rhetoric is assuming other people would act as you would in a certain situation. Mm -hmm. And so well if somebody had kept me in certain conditions and whipped me and did this, well, I'd go fucking ape shit and I'd yeah. burn everything down. Mm -hmm. And just like ascribing your own emotional reactions, ascribing your own feelings and emotions onto this theoretical person that you're creating. Yeah. It's a little bit straw man politicking, making yeah. up a person that doesn't exist to be mad at. Um. Yeah, and, and this guy, it's also not just like, oh, well, it's not just that they're bad, that it's actually impossible for coexisting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Joe Willis' white Sally is just trying to calm Joe down. Reigns is being practical, uh, can always be relied upon for pragmatism. Um, because he's like, well, they've never been trained to learn to get in the way, yada, yada. And there's like a lot of people there just all like agreeing with Miller. Mm -hmm. um, and that if they, if uh, Isaiah supports, and at this point, still calling them slaves, mm -hmm. um, that the town's support will disappear for the unionists, which is the fear that Isaiah had. Mm -hmm. Um. No, Sally leaves the room, clearly not approving, and Isaiah and his men leave. Mm -hmm. Clear, like they've outstayed their welcome. Yeah. But as like, uh, and there's just like this, like the, a line has been drawn and a choice is being made, and it's like leaving the warmth of this house for the cold black night because it was a white picket fence, white clubhouse, all that jazz, and the mm -hmm. uh, they've said nothing in the woods. And, um, 
Yeah, Isaiah effectively musing on the good things that's all his head is full of before he falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh... Um, but we cut back to Jake, who's having a bit of a defense, uh, a defeatist thought spiral. Yeah. We've all been there, Jake. I'm sorry, they suck. <laughs> um, but he can't see how they're going to win this. All mm-hmm. he can see in his mind is all of the Hawkbajir ending up dead. Um, so in a desperate, like, I, I got to figure out something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but he spots the um, campers. Um, there's quite a big group of them, like a group of 16 people, four adults, a bunch of kids. Um, sort of aware that they're settled in and have been for a while, so they're not controllers because this is clearly more than uh, he reckons they probably don't have portable candrona in their tents. Mm-hmm. Um, gets uh, spotted, has to resi- uh, gives into the urge to preen, um, and gets spotted as in Falcon and just moves on. Um, but hey, we are about to f- introduce the uh, cover animal of the book because yep. uh, Jake hears a tree being toppled and he's like, well, who's logging out here? But he uh, comes across a couple of be- uh, beavers who are damming the stream. Um, and uh, he quickly puts it together the. Oh, well, if you were damming a water source, then we could... Basically, he's like, oh, well, we could use water to like flush down through the valley floor. Because mm-hmm. um, it's in an optimal location to use, it's just not enough water right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, if two beavers can dam a pond, <laughs> five <laughs> beavers could do a whole lot more. Because mm-hmm. he's impressing just how effective just this pair of beavers are at doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jake arrives back with the others and explains the plan. I do appreciate. There's this moment where everyone's like, "Okay, Jake, do you need a nap?" <laughs> In fact, um, uh, but they listen to him for all that. There's this this little bit of teasing. Um, what would they do? Mm-hmm. But um, Axe is able to look at it and figure out um how much water they would need, like basically stored up mm-hmm. to uh inundate the valley, and then we just have some delightfully random <laughs> Marco flooding, which I am here for. Y'all know what I'm about. Um. But uh, I won't go into details now. It's fine. But again, we get some details about, we get a weird little off tangent about lodges and stuff, but they all acquire the beaver morph. Cassie gets bitten for her troubles. Yeah. Um, but just the visual of little Cassie hefting up a, be- a beaver, like yep. three pounds long, I think they're just kind of plus tail, like 40 pounds, solid little guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all acquire the morph. Um, just another when your mother tells you not to stick your hand in a beaver lodge, you should really listen, <laughs> you know. Yep, but they all agree to the plan. Um, yep. it will work. So, uh, 
cut back to Isaiah, who goes out to check on the black men as they are digging these defense trenches. Um, he still has not armed them. The person who's in charge of, like, overseeing their work is a fucking asshole. Because we can't have a single decent person in this whole goddamn story. Um, it, you know, he calls them lazy and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's gross. It's anyway, it's bad. It, I hate him. Um, want to do very violent things to him. Um, but essentially, uh, Jacob sees Isaiah approaching and wants to speak to him. Spears, who is this person who's overseeing them, is a fucking raging asshat. Eventually, Isaiah basically tells him, like, hey, go take a walk and check to see if the Confederate army's coming. And I'll keep watch here uh, in your stead because you just need to not be around these people anymore. But he can't say that out loud because he can't uh, show deference to these men who are digging these trenches for him. Um, so Spears goes off to ride and scout for the enemy. Meanwhile, Isaiah speaks with Jacob. Um, we see that uh, Jacob and Isaiah have come to the same very smart conclusion that they need to place their entrenchments somewhere else. Um, they need to put them behind a stream because the stream will act as a natural barrier makes more sense to put it there and isaiah is somewhat surprised i guess that jacob has come up with this but is like yeah you're right um meanwhile spears comes running back uh because the confederate army is here um and once again, Isaiah is denying Jacob and his men the opportunity to fight, um, even though the Confederate army is literally on their doorstep right now. Yeah, not a mile from here is as it's yeah. described. Uh, cut back to Jake. Um, we get some really cute uh, stuff of the kids getting ready to start building this dam. Uh, fluid mechanics is one of Axe's special interests. <laughs> um, and Marco's just like, what haven't you done? I've never constructed an organic cellulose hydrological attack assemblage. We speak English, dude. No, I get it, Rachel said excitedly. He's never made a dam out of wood, mud, and moss. <laughs> Love uh, to have the reminder of how smart Rachel is. Yeah. Um, uh, Cassie's concerned about the beaver family, but it turns out the beavers just like see these other beavers, these other new beavers working, and they're like, Oh, yeah, no, we, we can help with that. And they just start building the dam with them, which is great. Um, but so Cassie, Rachel, Axe, and Marco all get to work on building the dam. Meanwhile, Jake and Tobias go out to the campers to try to get to convince them to leave. Um, they all they do is they just demorph a short distance away, and 
fucking walk into their camp. But not before we get a throwaway line. Thank God we could finally morph some halfway decent clothes, the result of a whole lot of experience. Boys in t-shirts and jeans look a lot saner than boys in spandex. And I'm just here, like, both incredibly fucking frustrated and also delighted at the fact that this is just a throwaway line. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, that thing that we've been complaining about literally the whole series. It's fine now. Um, And then the other part of me is just thinking about uh, these kids in, like, fucking muscle shirts and skinny jeans because it would still have to be relatively tight-fitting. And just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, extremely unfashionable for the time. <laughs> uh. But this, uh, this initial interaction doesn't go great. No. Uh, to put it mildly. Uh. They're very bad. They tell a very bad lie, to be fair. Like, it's. They're not the smartest about this because Jake comes. Well, his lie would have been good if these campers were not prepared. Because he basically goes, like, hey, we were camping up there and the ranger told us we have to go home because big storm's coming um, and it's really dangerous. And meanwhile, the campers are like, uh, my weather radio right here says it's gonna be sunny for the next three days, so what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I like how Jake is written, like, Jake's reaction is written to this, because he gets really embarrassed. Um, and he starts to feel, like, almost nauseous, be- like he's going to be sent to his room and earn a week's worth of detention. Um, and I really like this, this brief resurfacing of Jake the kid who is caught out lying to an adult. Um, and it's, it's just very good. Uh, it's also like incredibly relatable as a feeling. Mm hmm. And it's really evocatively written as well, like that shame and embarrassment factor like you yeah. are right there with Jake in the moment mm-hmm. uh, and then Jake makes the call like he turns to Tobias and is like okay we're desperate I don't want to do this but I don't think we have a choice and Tobias immediately cottons on to what Jake is getting at Because Tobias is like, are you sure? What if one of them bolts or attacks us or runs straight to the media? Um, And Jake's like, I know. I know. Trust me, I know. Uh, Because it's his job to know the consequences and it's also his job to make the tough decisions. And so he just starts morphing in front of these people. Uh, He morphs Tiger. Such a ballsy fucking yes, move it is this uh, is also like the act of somebody very desperate mm-hmm. but I love that he's so de- okay fuck it right this is it I need to convince these people and what is going to convince somebody qu- more quick or quicker than seeing a teenager turn into a tiger Right. that's pretty like hard to fake in the middle mm-hmm. of the woods yep 
Uh, these campers are horrified and flabbergasted. Um, uh, as soon as Jake morphs Tiger, he morphs back to human. Meanwhile, Tobias goes Hawk and then back to human. Um, and one uh, of the, these guys, mm -hmm. the reaction of these campers <laughs> is it's just so good. is something else. It's it's um, beautiful, right? Jake does this pronouncement. I gotta say, like he's like uh, so one of the people that runs away. Somebody's freaking out. Uh, what? Who are you? What are you? Um, we're not. And Jake's like, we're not here to hurt you. Just we need to here to warn you. Sometime before tomorrow, an army of aliens is going to march up this valley. If you're still here, they're going to kill you. Um, I kind of don't want to do the Isaiah chapter because I really just want to finish the reaction of the campers. Frankly. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So there's an Isaiah chapter here of the rebels attacking, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but we cut back to Jake right after that, and the campers just believe Jake. <laughs> <laughs> one and of Tobias is like the this kid. is way too easy like yeah. mm, don't don't know this and this fucking guy I've waited my entire life to make contact my name is Richard Carpenter what do you call yourselves what system do you call home what system what solar system are you from are you with the federation is your ship in orbit or on land <laughs> unbelievable Unbelievable. I almost laughed. Uh, we're from Earth, just like you. Ah, yes. I always knew you lived among us. I have friends who've seen your ships. Because um, <laughs> these guys are fucking Trekkies. Yep. And are so happy to have meet me aliens. Yep. And Tobias being like, we're not aliens. If you don't want us to call you aliens, we won't call you aliens. <laughs> he winks. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, but... <sighs> Jake lays it out like, okay, look, there are, there are bad aliens. We're just kids trying to stop the bad aliens. Please trust us. Uh, and Lewis is like, and the kid, the, oh, why don't you just summon Beamer somewhere or generate a shield? Oh, you could cloak our campsite so we can watch. Um, and it's like, okay, I'm. this is real. Jake's just like, look. This is real life. This is not a Star Trek episode. I'm not Captain Picard. I can't beam you anyway. And Rich, this guy Richard is just like, they can't put that kind of technology in our hands. It would violate the Prime Directive. And it's just like, mm, okay. But they are official Trekkies, mm -hmm. um, as we're about to find out. Um, but thankfully, they managed to get through to these guys. Um, and when asked for more details, because um, they do ask who the Yerks are, mm -hmm. after Jake is like, you got to get the quickest path out, the Yerks will be coming from the south, so don't go that way. Um, and Jake explains after like swearing them to secrecy and what the situation is. Uh, talks a, bit a little bit about what the controllers are, why you can't trust them. And um, Emily and Lewis who are two of the teenagers uh, in this group, are immediately like, okay, we'll stay and help. We'll stay up and fight. And their dad is like, no, your mother will have a fit. Um, but Richard, Lewis, and Emily choose to stay. Uh, even as 
Jake is like, no, I don't think you get it. This is going to be bad. Uh, and Tobias is like, you need to get graphic. And so Jake does, mm-hmm. which is enough to put um, a, this kid, Justin, and a couple of the other campers to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving 13 who are going to go with Jake and Tobias to fight. Um, and yeah, they go. And Toby is part of the welcoming committee. Ten kids and three adults um, hike the mile to the Hawkbridge settlement. And Toby's like, welcome, we're honoured by your presence. We thank you for your help. Um, cause they were there waiting and they're just like, how did you know we were coming? Um, and Toby's just like, yeah, the trees told me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> because she's the coolest fucking person. <laughs> um, the trees whispered something about new friends who would take up our cause. Yeah. Um, human friends who would join our fight. I see things, Jake many things which feels like an uncomfortable foreshadowing of something that's going to happen not in this book but some point soon Hmm. squints um but hey we should get back to isaiah and just catch up on that last chapter and then the next one of his (laughs) 